Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? Will Brady and the Patriots get themselves another ring? I bet you have a feeling. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all, from the NHL to the Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and very helpful 24-7 customer service. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sportsbook around. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code, THPN to activate the offer. Once again, the promo code is THPN to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Bolts Broadcast, a brand new hockey podcast all about the Tampa Bay Lightning as a part of the new Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Mike Mitchelson, and joining me today, as always, Chase Crawshaw. How are you today, Chase? Doing pretty good. Uh, how about you? You know, I, it could be better, could be worse, but doing pretty good overall, I'd say. So how are you? Uh, not bad today. Had a big school project due today. Got it, got it done like eight minutes before the deadline. Uh, had uh, some struggles interviewing a professor here, but you know it's it's, it's not a big deal. We got it done, and uh, that's all that matters, right? Exactly. All right, Chase. So today for the Bolts broadcast, we uh, are going to do a little bit of news, and then right now I'm gonna just go over our poll results from the most recent poll. And the most recent poll was about our last Thursday episode and our new segment, which was what could have been, um, asking if you guys enjoyed it and if you would continue or like to continue to see it. Well, our poll was 50-50, so uh, not not exactly what I expected. I was actually uh, very excited to do that segment, but uh, some of our fans didn't like it as much as we did. So as of right now, Chase, we are going to put that segment on the back burner. I'm not going to say it's gone forever, just in case uh, some other people want to hear it. But uh, yeah, as of right now, we're going to put it on the back burner. It's not going to be in our priority for our Thursday episodes. So what does that mean we're doing today? Well, today we're going to look at our AHL affiliate team, the Syracuse Crunch. Obviously, they have a, a lot of depth players down there that our Tampa Bay Lightning use, as well as some prospects. Uh, we're going to take a look at how the Syracuse Crunch are doing and uh, look at some of the leaders there in the AHL and see how they match up 
to us. And then, of course, we are going to do a prospect update as well. Uh, haven't done one of these in a hot second. And instead of like a in-depth prospect profile, we're going to talk about uh, quite a few prospects that we have in our system and talk about how they're doing. So a uh, little bit of a busy episode today, but hopefully you guys enjoy it. Chase, let's uh, get on to some news, eh? Yeah, so first a little bit of news, uh, kind of piggybacking off of a little bit of news from last episode. Dustin Bufflin and the Jets have mutually terminated uh, his contract, or at least in the process of it. So this means that as long as he passes through waivers and no one claims him, which nobody will, it, that never happens in this type of scenario, he will officially be a free agent. Uh, if he's in game shape, maybe a team brings him in, does a little physical, make sure he's good to go, and gets contract, maybe makes a little return to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, maybe he's just done playing hockey. You know, there's a lot of possibilities here. I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, I think there is a lot of possibilities, but only one reality that's going to take place, and that's exactly what I was talking about in our Monday episode, that I just think Bufflin's done with hockey. Um, obviously not in game shape. Uh, doesn't seem like he's really been interested in getting back on the ice and you know skating uh, and then also getting to the weight room and training. So I, I think Bufflin's done. I wouldn't be surprised if a team tries to take a chance and signs him and you know tries to give him a little bit of a comeback but I, I think he's done in the NHL yeah I'm I'm in the same boat I I think of all the possibilities I listed that one is pretty much a foregone conclusion uh he's someone who I mentioned before like he like hockey like hockey isn't even like necessarily his like main love like he doesn't like live to play hockey he just plays hockey because he enjoys it and can make a living off of it if hockey were to end at any point he uh someone who seems like he wouldn't really care so the fact that it's you know at that point he's made a lot of money he can just go retire and do his thing yeah exactly and not a lot of news for today's episode um however i did want to talk about a tweet that was put out by John Buchigross, uh, Bucci Maine. So he said, why are the Tampa Bay Lightning so much better right now? And Chase, you and I have talked about this multiple times, how we started off absolutely horrendously, and we're even talking about maybe John Cooper needs to be kicked out the door. Well, we have improved significantly since really, uh, you know, 10 days into December, and then especially after the holiday break, we have just been on fire. So let's see what Bucci has to say here in the tweet. He said, number one, the penalty kill was about 69% nice. in the first month. No, that is not nice, Chase. That is not nice. 69% for the PK in the first month of the season, that is awful. That was 30th in the whole league. Only one team was worse than us. Uh, not what you want to see there at all, but recently we have been clipping at close to 90% on the penalty kill and are now top five in the whole league. Chase, we've talked about this a couple times, especially in our last Monday episode talking about the games we've gone through, how our power play's kind of been uh, lacking, but our penalty kill has been quite tremendous. So, uh, you, you know, you like to see that. We're back top five penalty kill. It's awesome to see. Oh, absolutely. If you notice, you know, teams that have really good penalty kills tend to be the more successful teams because those teams that are successful on special teams and in all sports where they're special teams, those are the teams that go on to have success, successful seasons, championship seasons. So, you know, it's 
it, it makes sense. It all it all correlates, and the fact that we're finally clicking at this rate, you know, it's it's great. It's a great luck, really. Absolutely. Bucci goes on to say with his number two point, he had three points on this tweet. Number two point, the goalie is playing way better, and that's obviously Vasilevsky. Didn't have a strong start. We even talked about it. At the end of November, he was sitting around an 898 save percentage. That's absolutely brutal. In the month of January, he had a 948 save percentage. That is phenomenal. That just shows exactly why he went on a 10-game win streak. Him, too. Like the, We know the team went on a 10-game win streak. But after the team's 10-game win streak no longer existed, he was still on his own win streak because Mac Liney was the one who dropped the ball in, uh, in the games that we did lose. So Vasilevsky playing a lot better. Chase, we need this guy if we want to be successful in this league. Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we pay him like he is a top-of-the-world goalie, and he's finally playing like that this season. He struggled at the beginning um, pretty mightily, as you just said. So I'm tr- I'm honestly tr- trying to think. It's it's hard to remember a time where a team had mediocre towards goaltending and won a Stanley Cup. Is always on the back of, even if it's a goalie who is average in regular season and just plays out of his mind come playoff time. It's it's always on the backs of goalies playing well. So Vasilevsky needs to keep rolling if we want to have a chance at the cup. Yeah, most definitely. And then finally, uh, our schedule lightened up a lot. I think Chase in our like holiday episode. We talked about, I think you mentioned we had the 27th, or like, that would be like, what, the fourth easiest schedule upcoming uh, for the rest of the year. So our schedule definitely lightened up. I don't know if it, if it was the that exact number, but I know we had one of the easier schedules in 2020. It was the easiest. Oh, was it the easiest? Yes. Okay, I'm not, so. I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Uh, schedule lightened up very nice to see and that's obviously based off of win percentage from the other teams so uh, when you when your penalty kill goes from 30th to top five when your goalie goes from having under a 900 save percentage to almost a 950 save percentage and you go from having you know a, a decently tough schedule to easiest in the league I mean, obviously the team's going to turn it around. So that's exactly what we've been seeing from this team thus far in 2020, and we hope to see it continue. The only nerve-wracking thing about having the easiest schedule to finish off the season is, you know, that means you're going into playoffs, playing a bunch of easy teams. Hopefully uh, it can be, you know, like it's still the NHL, still tough teams. Hopefully it means that morale's high and the team's just clicking well and then goes on a real run in the playoffs. Hopefully they don't go in playoffs thinking that they're going to be able to steamroll everyone, kind of like last year and have the same type of effect because that would be the worst. Yeah, I'm really hoping that the early part of this season as well as the memory of last playoffs will really kick the lightning in the ass when going into playoffs. Like, hey, yeah, we have had an easier last half to the schedule, and we've been vibing, we've been getting those dubs, but uh, we we cannot let last year happen, and we cannot let – early 2019-2020 season happen again. We need to continue this momentum, and hopefully that's exactly what they do. But, uh, you know, we'll have to wait to see if that happens. And now, Chase, we'll talk about our AHL affiliate, the Syracuse Crunch. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, main thing that we should probably start with is just the standings, kind of, where the like record where they are in the league. Uh, right now, our Syracuse Crunch have a quite impressive record of 20 wins, 21 losses, 
three in the overtime and three in the shootout. So that puts them at 14th in the conference, in the Eastern Conference, and that puts them at a grand total of 22nd in the league, which is out of a playoff spot. Yeah, you don't like to see that. Uh, now, I would much rather see Syracuse out of a playoff spot than Tampa out of a playoff spot. But when you think about how many guys are in Syracuse that are depth players for us and help us uh, when we're in an injury like an injury stint, uh, or as as well as how many prospects are down there in Syracuse that we hope to uh, make an eventual impact for our team. Uh, it's a little rough seeing them at 22. Yeah, you, you don't want to see any team you're affiliated with, you know, play this poorly. Uh, they're currently in the midst of a five-game losing streak where they picked up two, uh, you know, extracurricular points and overtime in a shootout point. But nonetheless, still, you know, five-game losing streak. Team's really just not in a very good spot. You know, there's there's some talented players. Don't don't get me wrong, but it's just, you know, there, there's something there where it's just it's not really clicking. Yeah, and that's really unfortunate. Um, so Chase, why don't we now move over to some Syracuse uh, stats specifically, and we'll see, you know, maybe if we're able to tell uh, why we're doing so poorly. So as of right now, our current leader. And points would be Alex Abar Boulay with 40 points through 45 games. That's not too bad. And then he is also our current goal leader. Yeah, I mean, those are great numbers for the AHL. Uh, he's leading our team in goals with 18. Uh, like, it puts him 12th in the league in scoring in general for points. To be close to a point per game or at a point per game in the AHL is not an easy task. And uh, Abar Boulay is a guy who is, is not a very – heralded prospect by any means uh but he he, he had a chance to, to stick with the big club this season I, I thought there was a chance that, you know coming out of camp he might be able to make it uh but he goes back down to the american league he's an undrafted free agent signing and he's been playing really well since he you know left junior His rookie year last year 68 points this year he's at 40 already uh i would have to guess that next year he's a borderline full-time nhl player if not just a flat-out full-time nhl player so he's got a lot of promise he's only 22 years old so the fact that he's scoring that well is at least promising. Yeah, most definitely. And Chase, I uh, I think I found the problem. If you go over to goalies, you can see that Scott Wedgwood and Spencer Martin, they're our current goalies right now, uh, both are sitting at an 8.86 save percentage. That's very rough. And then goals against average, Scott Wedgwood with 3.13, Spencer Martin with a 3.33. Uh, both obviously – not great records. Scott Wedgwood's is actually positive, which is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Spencer Martin, though, unfortunately, 7-11-3 on the season. So these goalies not doing very well. Uh, can you say it's just because of them? Probably not. I haven't watched many Syracuse games, but I'm sure that the defense are having some issues protecting uh, the goalies as well. But, yeah, that is – Definitely a big issue when you see goalies with that poor of numbers. Yeah, and it, you can definitely point out the, the defensive play, especially in our own zone, as, as part of an issue there. Uh, but it, it, regardless, it, it's still, you know, it's, it's got to be pinned on the goalies, especially when you have, like, like these are talented goalies that are in, in the system. I don't know uh, exactly what's going wrong. Scott Wedgwood and Spencer Martin are both guys who you could argue, like, talent-wise should be borderline NHL goalies, not like necessarily NHL goalies, but like the guys that you can 
like trust enough to have to call up and if they need to play a game or two, you can. But they're not playing like that. And Mike Condon is a guy that should be in the same boat. And he obviously has not done that either. Uh, as right now, I'm pretty sure. Like, I couldn't even tell you last time he's played a game in Syracuse. Or he actually, he might have played this month. But okay, but beside the point, you know, the goaltending <clears throat> and the defensive play just is is not really adding up. It, it, it's, it sucks, I, I guess is the right way to put it, but look at it this way. At least, you know, when, when the D's playing the bad younger guys like Callen Foot can, can continue to get playing time. Yeah, for sure. And, Chase, this kind of proves to me that the Tampa Bay Lightning need to go out and trade for a goalie, you know. We talked about how McElhinney isn't really the best option right now as a backup because, you know, it just seems like whenever he's a net, we're going to take an L um, unless the offense goes absolutely off. So we've been talking about it a couple episodes now. We need to go out and get a backup goalie. Sometimes, you know, teams can find gems that are in the AHL that are on their affiliate team that will step up into that backup role. Well, as of right now, looking at these guys' stats, I don't see either of them doing that. So um, a, a trade is still the best option in my mind. I agree. All right, Chase. Next, I want to talk about Corey Conacher because Corey Conacher, a guy you and I have kind of, um, I don't want to say loved, but you know, we, we've been a fan of his for – Quite a while, actually. I remember back when we were in 10th grade high school in gym class. I think he got traded in the trade deadline or something, and we were pretty excited about it. I don't remember the exact story. But, yeah, Corey Conacher, a smaller player, uh, never really a guy that was excellent in the NHL by any means. Um, Had a couple stints in the NHL, uh, a couple stints in the AHL, but – once he found his way to Syracuse, he's been a pretty consistent scorer for us. So back in 16-17, he had 60 points through 56 games. Pretty good. 17-18, um, had 15 points through 18 games. Pretty good as well. Uh, just barely below a point per game. And then last year had 64 points through 70 games. Again, that's that's pretty awesome. This year, he's ticking at around the same pace, but at the same time, I think it's a a little bit less than the same pace. He's got 37 through 43. So right now, he's six points down from a point per game, and the biggest margin was last year where he was six points through 70 games. So yeah, he is ticking at a little bit less than he is used to with the Syracuse Crunch team, and you think maybe that is a factor? Um, I'm not sure if it's a huge factor, but I'm just trying to grab at straws, honestly. No, I, I get that's fair. If he was performing, you know, like he has before in the NHL, it's not like he's playing bad. You know, he's gotten an NHL call up for a reason because he's like still a quality player, uh, just a guy who is better than the AHL, not going up for the NHL. Uh, but like if if he were if you're performing at a little better pace, you know, maybe a couple of those losses turn into wins instead because you know they've been one or two goal losses quite a bit so maybe that you know that makes enough of a difference but regardless i just think that the defensive woes and the the not mining woes are a little more of an issue than Corey conacher's performance yeah i agree with you there and then chase you talked about how he's better than the ahl but not good enough for the nhl well Let's talk about the overall AHL stats right now, see who's at the top there, see if any Tampa guys are anywhere close. Uh, first is Reed Boucher, which I would describe him the exact same way as Corey Conacher. It seems like he 
is just much better than the competition in the AHL. But anytime he gets up to the NHL with Vancouver, he's just not able to do anything. No, no, that's 100 accurate. You know, Ray Boucher was a kid who was just sick in junior, and someone I always liked, someone I always thought was going to turn into a very good like NHL scorer, someone who plays middle six, gets you 30 goals a year. Uh, obviously, that didn't work out, and he, he clearly is better than the American League, but is just a step below the NHL, same boat as Conacher. Those type of guys are usually the ones who go make quite the living in the KHL, putting up pretty good numbers. You know, Nigel Dawes is a great example, one of the best KHL players of all times, of, of, like of all time. You know, he, he's a Canadian naturally who has uh, Kazakh citizenship and plays for their international team from being over there for so long. So, like, those types of guys tend to go over and play in, in Europe and dominate, but Boucher decided to keep trying for that NHL path and is just dominating the American League, but, you know, he still hasn't really gotten like a real nhl shot this year because like teams already kind of you know like like vancouver already knows where they are with him you know yeah i get exactly what you're saying uh when we look at our syracuse crunch uh barre boulet he is sitting 12th in the whole ahl so there's some representation there i mean our team is 22nd in the whole league we get a score that's 12th uh, that's pretty solid uh, some names I wanted to look over real quick. Um, so in the AHL, you obviously have younger guys, but also you have some older guys who uh, really couldn't make it in the NHL. So I'm not going to really talk about them. I'm more interested in the prospects. So sitting fourth in the league, you have Drake Batherson for the Belleville Senators with 46 points through 37 games. That's pretty spectacular. Right under him in fifth would be Josh Norris. He has 45 through 44. He's also with Belleville. Um, and then Nikolai Goldolbin, he's sitting sixth. He's uh, with Utica, Vancouver's affiliate. He's doing pretty well. And then Owen Tippett is the one I really wanted to hit on. He's sitting 11th right now. This is his first year out of the CHL. He played with Saginaw last year. And right now he's got 46 games, 40 points. So that's pretty solid. Yeah, he, he... – you know, he's a prospect of our rivals for the Panthers, which really sucks because Tippett's a guy who I've loved since his junior days. He's got just an unreal shot. He's had an NHL shot really since he was a 16-year-old in the OHL playing for the Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, he represented Springfield in the AHL All-Star game, you know, as a rookie, which is really impressive. 19 goals in 46 games. This guy, I would be shocked if he's not a full-time NHLer next year, and he's not going to be a fun one to play against. Yeah, no, that's going to be very unfortunate. And Florida just seems to keep getting better, even though they already have the likes of Barkov and Huberto. You know, you got Tippett in the minors, uh, or in the AHL, excuse me. You got Spencer Knight, who likely will be on the team next year. Uh, it's just not fun seeing our in-state rival continue to grow. No, it, it's it's fun to have our little brother over there to beat up on. But, uh, you know, little brother's getting a little older and stronger and – Prospects are developing, you know, as we've mentioned just right here, Owen Tippett, uh, Alexi Hampaniami, Gregory Denisenko on the front end, Spencer Knight coming in. They, they got a lot of talent, got a lot of young talent coming in, uh, and they're really a team to look out for here in the next couple of years. But our Tampa Bay Lightning is a team to look out for right now, so suck it. 
Got to be careful with that little brother talk, Chase. How many times have we seen that turn around and bite a team in the ass? Like, oh, I don't know, um, the University of Michigan calling Michigan State little brother, but then, you know, Michigan State went to a national championship, and Michigan's just been absolute garbage. I mean, I know Michigan State's garbage now. And the Michigan State's football coach just finesses the school out of millions of dollars and retires he he was he was given a four million dollar hey, bonus on January fifteenth. Retire, idiot. He stepped he away retire. to spend time with his family. Sorry. Don't you, t- don't you talk about my coach like that. You don't know him. He you you don't know him either. He, I've seen him around campus. Jesus. He literally got a, a like a bonus for be, for being employed by the team, and three weeks later, it's like, nah, I'm not gonna work for you guys next year. Like that. That's he is gonna work for us next year though. No, he he is he gonna coach. No, he's not going to coach, but he's staying with the athletic department. Oh, so he's pulling Steve Eiserman, and he's going to be an advisor and then go leave and manage the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, I think Mark D'Antonio is going to go manage the Detroit Red Wings. I think that sounds about right. That's selfish. Yeah. All right, Chase, let's now move on from AHL talk to some prospect talk specifically. We'll start off with uh, one of the bigger names in our prospect pool, and he is currently playing in Syracuse, and this is Callan Foot or or Cal Foot, but Callan Foot. Yeah, so Callan Foot was a first round pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning back in 2017. Uh, you know, he, he's a good big body defenseman. His dad Adam Foot played in the NHL. His brother Nolan Foot is also a prospect. We'll get to, but he's having a much better. Like he still had a solid rookie season last year in the American League, putting up 31 points. But this year, you know, he's he's shooting at about half point per game with 24 points through 47 games, you know, just above a half point per game. Uh, he's he's really sound defensively in his own zone, plus he's adding a little bit of offensive flair. He's a guy keep your eye on for next year, really, to make that roster push, maybe get a call up this year, get a little taste of some NHL action if needed. But he, he's someone who's steadily improving. Yeah, most definitely. And that's something that I absolutely love to see because when you have a, I don't want to say a high first-round pick, but top half first-round pick, some people, or most people actually, think, okay, this guy's got to be in the NHL within you know a year or two of their draft, uh, their draft year. Well, Kellen Foote hasn't done that yet, which we don't need him to because our team's been very good. But I absolutely love to see the progression he has made in his game as well as his point scoring. If we just look at the numbers right now, if you go back to um, – 15-16, which was the year before his draft year, he had 36 points for Kelowna in 71 games. The next year, he had an extra 21 points. The year after that, that was his draft year, um, 57 points in 71 games. And then the year after that, he put up 70 points in 60 games. Absolutely phenomenal. Then last year, Chase, as you mentioned, 31 through 76, and then this year, 24 through 47. You can just see constant progression from him in not only his defensive game, but in his offensive game just by looking at the stats. And that's something you absolutely love to see from a player. You know, if you continue to see constant progression, you know that eventually he's going to get to the big leagues. Oh, absolutely. And he'll 100% be an NHL defenseman and have a nice little career. You know, him and his brother hopefully on the same team for quite a while you know it'll be fun to watch yeah but I swear if I mean I know there's already been the the two feet joke but if that if that continues and becomes like an actual slogan with both brothers on the team I think I'm gonna just uh just hop out I'm gonna just be, be like nah I'm good 
I I hope it happens so badly I, just to I make just to make not. you mad. Honestly, That's awful. Well, hey, we're we're talking about the foots right now, so let's get on to the other one, Chase. Nolan Foot. Yeah, so Nolan Foot. I feel like people probably are a little more uh, like knowledgeable with just because he was a recent draft pick. Um, so Nolan Foot, just like his brother Callen Foot, uh, playing for the Colorado Rockets in WHL currently, uh, is having a a pretty solid year. He's someone he's not gonna jump off like the wall, just put up crazy points. He's got 33 points, 26 games, 15 goals. Uh, he played for Team Canada U20s, three goals, two assists, five points. Got kicked out of a game, had 29 penalty minutes in the tourney. Uh, he, he's someone who is likely a middle six guy who can pay power play for you, get some goals, play, play a hard-nosed game. Uh, I imagine he goes to the American League next year since he's a late birthday. He'll be eligible next year. Uh, he'll go to the American League, probably play a season or two like his brother, kind of take the same type of development path. Yeah, and I think he's a guy that can, even though, Chase, like you mentioned, he, you know, a middle six guy, I think with his shot, and we, we saw his shot at the World Juniors, he was on the power play for Canada and just absolutely ripped the puck past goaltenders. I honestly think he could play top power play line with just how good his shot is. Um, he is a lefty, so line him opposite of where Ovi usually sits. Let him just chill there. Try to find a way to feed him the puck. I think he can absolutely rip it past the goaltenders. He's a big dude. He can put a lot of force into his shots. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't complain about that at all. He's got just, yeah, immense strength, which leads to a powerful shot, and it's accurate too. I, I think he's going to have more success in the NHL than he is in juniors just because, like, the problem with junior hockey nowadays, even, like, even in the Western League where I say it's still the tougher of the three leagues, uh, like if you're too big, too strong, you're gonna get penalties for hitting guys too hard. Like you have, you're not able to use your full strength, you're not able to hit all the way because if you just, if, you know, if you're 19 years old and you're six foot four, 201 pounds, and just pure strength like no one foot is, then some 15 year, year old is playing a game in his draft year and you run him over, you're, you're gonna hurt him and you're gonna get a penalty. It's just kind of the way it works, which sucks. Which is why I think he'll have more success at the pro level. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I sure hope he does because that would be. Quite phenomenal for our Tampa Bay team. All right, Chase, let's now move on over to Gabriel Fortier. Yeah, so Mr. Fortier uh, currently playing in the Quebec League. You know, he, he's, he's an interesting prospect. He's a guy, uh, 2018 pick, uh, second round, 59th overall. Thought he'd have a little more offensive impact than he currently has this year. Uh, through 47 games, he's got 44 points in the Quebec League at you, you want to see more out of him, honestly. Uh, he started the season with Bay, Bay Como, got traded to Moncton, going for a little bit of a playoff push. You know, the Bay Como team wasn't that great. He was below a point per game, so it's not, like, the most concerning thing, I'd say. It's, you know, it's a little bit of an issue, you know, playing as well as he did last year and struggling a little bit more this year. But I still see him as someone who inevitably is going to be an NHL player, but just give him time to develop. Yeah, exactly. I'm interested to see what he does next year in the AHL. He had that phenomenal season last year. Uh, a little bit underwhelming compared to last year when you look at this year. Not not a bad season at all, um, but I am interested to see what he does in the AHL next year. If he can continue his growth and continue the, um, the high scoring that he is touted for, then uh, that'd be awesome to see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He'll... He'll be another guy who's got like that middle six type potential, middle six scoring role. So 
hopefully that all pans out well. Yeah, and then um, just thinking about the Moncton Wildcats, uh, Fortier is not super undersized, five uh, ten, one seventy two. But whenever I think of Moncton, I think of Connor Garland, who is is he with Arizona still? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean he put up like what a hundred and twenty something points a couple of years ago in Moncton, and man, love to see that. But uh, Chase, let's now move on to Maxim. Kajakovic. Yeah, so this is a guy that I'm a personal fan favorite of, Maxim Kajakovic. He, I thought when he came over last year, he's going to have a little more impact than he did, which he still had 46 points in 60 games his first year playing in North America with 22 goals, playing in the Quebec Major Junior League with St. John. So like that's that's still impressive numbers, don't get me wrong. But I thought he was a guy who's going to be borderline point per game, be high second-round pick. You know, we get him at the end of the third, which I thought was tremendous value. You know, he's six foot 190, he's got... Good size, you know, has a hell of a shot, is a really good skater. Uh, 31 points for 27 games right now with 13 goals. Played at the U20s with Slovakia, had two assists for five games. Uh, that Slovakian team is kind of rough, so it's not anything too shocking. He's someone who, I don't know his exact status. I would assume that he's uh, under contract with the St. John's Sea Dogs, so he'll be back there next year uh, since he's playing there this year. So I would say he's he's pro- still probably two years out from playing in the AHL, but another guy, just get, give him a few years and he'll be there. Yeah, most definitely. And Chase, like you said, a, a pretty darn good steal for the third round. And even though you've kind of been a little underwhelmed with his uh, season thus far, I mean, y- you know me, I'm all about progression and he's definitely having that compared to last season. Last season was about 15 points under a point per game. Currently sits three points above a point per game. So nice to see out of him. And then uh, also going over to Slovakia and help them out. Sure, they don't have a great team, but you know, just being able to represent your country in the U20s shows you got to have some type of skill. Oh, no, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Like I think he's a hell of a talent, and I'm a big fan of him. And I think he's got NHL talent. Just, you know, don't, don't rush him. Like, that's... That's just something I know you you mentioned it a few minutes ago. It really is a big problem with hockey. You know, every prospect, you know, oh, you're not playing the NHL in two years, you suck. No, a guy could make his NHL debut at 25, seven years after he's drafted at 25, and still realistically have a 10 to 15 year NHL career, which is phenomenal. So like, you you gotta have patience. Some of these guys are just need to physically mature and just read the game a little better, work on their skating, work on a tiny little thing, and then they become like studs. So just give them time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at Tim Thomas. Look what he did. He came in super late, won the Boston Bruins the Stanley Cup. Not too bad, eh? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, nice nice to see Kejkovic get uh, a little bit better when it comes to production compared to last season. Uh, but now, Chase, we look at our last player of the episode as we're running a little bit late, uh, Alexi Lipinov. Yeah, so this is a guy that, I mostly want to talk about because of his disappointing type of season he's having. So Alexi Lipinov was a 2017 third round pick, 76 overall. A guy who I thought was going to be pretty good value around here. Uh, he plays a nice like two way game. He works his ass off. He's physical, but still has some offensive ability. Uh, he came over after getting drafted to play in the OHL. Had a had, had a solid first OHL season. Uh, you want to see a little more from an 18 year old in the league though. So he started with Barry Colts, 30 points in 35 games, and then had 9 points in 20 games with Sudbury after getting traded. 
Uh, so it's it's not the best. You like you definitely want to see better, but still solid. And then he really kind of regressed the next season playing for Kitchener with had 30 points for 61 games and has been stuck in the EC all this season, 26 games, nine goals, seven assists, 16 points. It's he's someone who's kind of looking like he's turning into a, a you don't want to call him a bust yet. Cause he's still 20 years old and he's a third round pick. So you got to give him like time. But the fact that he's not even really doing anything special in the coast right now is really concerning. Yeah. You would kind of expect him to at least be in the AHL at this point, but like you said, Chase, 20 years old, give him some more time. We just talked about how we shouldn't be rushing prospects. Same goes for this guy, even though even though he's been struggling, um, you know, give him a chance to breathe, give him a chance to uh, shine if he does have it in him. Uh, so hopefully we see that soon, but uh, yeah, not looking good right now. No, the, 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 regret, the regression is what's really concerning. The fact that through 61 games in his second OHL season, he put up the same amount of points he did in half a season with Barry. Is it, It's worrisome. But hopefully he's just someone who's going to be a little bit of a late bloomer and just kind of has having a tough little stretch right now. Yep, most definitely. All right, Chase, that is it for our prospect talk. Let's now move into our new poll, as our poll results were already stated earlier on in this episode. Yeah, so this new poll just kind of you know surrounding the talk that we just had. Uh how actively do you follow hockey outside of the NHL? We'll give a couple options. It'll be something along the lines of, you know, very actively, somewhat actively, not very much, not at all. Something along the lines of that. And kind of based on that interaction, we'll determine what kind of segments we have going forward with our Thursday episodes. Maybe we'll do some more non-NHL talk. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see based on that. So that'll be up on our Twitter. Yeah, and make sure you guys go comment there too. So, you know, you could say like, I don't really pay attention to AHL and the ECHL very much, but I'm a big CHL fan. I love looking at prospects. Let us know that. Uh, Maybe you're a KHL fan. Let us know uh, so we can really understand exactly what you guys like about uh, or, or what other leagues you guys like that play hockey. So, Chase, let's now move on to Hockey Name of the Day, very last segment of the day. Hockey name of the day. I'm just scrolling down, and we have Bear Trap. We do have Bear Trap. So Bear Trap, given name Doug Trap, uh, is a former player and former coach. He is a 35-year-old currently, uh, six foot, 185-pound right winger, who most recently played in the QVHL. Which I'm gonna be honest with you, not really sure what the QVHL is. I've usually heard of these random obscure leagues before. But I would have to guess that this is some sort of uh, Quebec league. So it's the Appel Valley Hockey League. So whatever that is, I have just no idea. But regardless, his last season in the QVHL, played 11 games, 8 goals, 8 assists, 16 points. This is a league where he played a total of 57 games, had 134 points. So not a very tough league to play in. He did a little bit of coaching in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League with the Notre Dame Hounds, uh, just as an assistant coach but currently uh, does not seem to be working in hockey. He likely, you know, moved on to another aspect of the business world. So whatever he's doing, best luck to him. Just fun little name, Bear Trap. Love it. You know what? Maybe Bear Trap is out in the woods right now uh, setting Bear Traps. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe it's a calling. 
I mean, I think it is at this point. I think he should actually start creating his own bear traps and marketing them because I think it would just be absolutely perfect, and you can't waste an opportunity like that. Bear traps, bear trap. Exactly. Perfect. Love it. All right, Chase, let's hit him with an outro. You know what? I think I can do that for you. So all y'all that are listening, I really appreciate it. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon, become a patron. We really appreciate it. You can start as low as a dollar, go up from there, get access to some exclusive content. Uh, you get access to the Hockey Podcast Network's mock draft. You get a bunch of exclusive podcasts that you just don't get access to otherwise. So if you do that, we really appreciate it. Uh, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, at Bulls Broadcast, that would be the coolest. That's at Bulls Broadcast. While you're at it, go follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. They're doing all sorts of giveaways all the time. You know, all I got to do is retweet, maybe do a little interaction with it. It's nice and easy. You might as well get in. You know, who doesn't want free stuff? Uh, so on top of that, make sure to check out the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Got all 31 podcast logos right there. Boom. You just click on it. It takes you right to the podcast. You can listen right there. Nice and easy. Takes you to the song called link. Uh, wherever you're listening, you know, rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Like the podcast. You know, how, however you can interact with it. That'd be great. Send us some messages on Twitter. You can tweet at us, respond to our Twitter poll. Uh, you know, we want we want to hear from you guys. Send us an email. However, you can reach out to us. You know, just please do it. Yeah, most definitely. And last but not least, uh, our official um, individual streams or individual feeds are now up on Spotify, Google Play, and then I don't know if they're up on Apple Music yet, but they're working on it for sure. So if you guys want to, you know listen to just us follow just us see when our episodes are out you can do that now we have our own individual feed however if you are interested in watching or listening more than just one uh episode from the hockey podcast network more than just one team make sure you follow the hockey podcast network feed on all of the platforms you listen on so that's pretty much it guys want to thank you for listening and we'll talk to you later 